Sunday morning. No, Hilario is not here. No, he is not. What so up, no, wherever you at, my brother, hey. Hello to the annoying brother that nobody ever asks for, but we <laughs> but still we love anyway. a lot. <laughs> Um, hey, Tara. Hey, sweetie. How are you? I'm fine. I feel like I haven't been in the studio with you all year. You have not? This is the first, but look how good God is. On the, on the last Sunday of the first month of the new year, we get to close out January. We get to close out January. Together. And what a week it has been, not just in local politics, but in national politics. Um, so we'll start with the soft stuff. Let's start <laughs> with the soft stuff first. So apparently, CPS told Lori not to send the emails way before she sent the email again. Y'all, this is just getting uh, let's, messier let's back up and messier. Which notorious emails might that be? That's the emails to the students of, you can get extra credit if you work <laughs> on my campaign. That was rich. I've never seen a move that desperate in politics since I've, like, actually started paying attention to politics, which was, you know, a couple decades ago. I've never seen a move that desperate, especially by a mayor. It makes me angry. And I think if you talk to most kids who participated in these extracurricular pe- uh, political programs sure. that Chicago public schools do not participate anymore in anymore because they've been told that they cannot afford to participate in them. I'm talking about Model UN. Most CPS schools do not participate in Model UN. Youth Gov, uh, which is a YMCA program, which Most I of did them don't as even a kid. have like student government. Most of them don't even have an SGA. But, so. but you are telling these babies that they can work on your campaign for free. Not to mention that youth unemployment, which the mayor knows, is tied to violence. So kids not being able to make money is tied to violence. But we forget all of that. Work on my campaign for free. Get these extra credits without me talking to your First teachers. First they halfway want to get the credits they're supposed to get. You talking about getting some extra. I remember, you know, because you know, I taught a long time. And always, like around that last week before grades were due, you'd have students say, hey, Miss Stamser, can I get some extra credit? And I said, baby, I don't think y'all understand how extra credit works. Like, extra credit mean you already did everything you were supposed to do. Now you just need that little bit, you know, to get you over the edge, to get that from B to an A or C to a B. Or, But if you ain't doing that anyway, <laughs> ain't no extra to get. Right. See what I'm saying? But again, as you so eloquently pointed out, um, the correlation between youth um, unemployment and youth violence, which I can't understand for the life of me how um, everyone's trying to act like uh, idle time is not the devil's workshop. Your grandmama told you that. Your grandmama, your great grandmama told you that. Your great grandmama told you that. These kids ain't got nothing to do. They're going to get in trouble. And that's find it. you something to do. Find you something to do. But <laughs> since you don't want to fully fund the park district, nope. since you don't want to have community sustainable nope. schools, since you don't actually want to put activities in our communities, nope. since you don't want to have the adult continual air program at nope. the city colleges of Chicago, that I had the fortunate ability to spend a lot of my time at Olive Harvey. Sure. Since you don't want to, what else don't you want? Oh, fun after school matters. Fun so they school. actually will have an advertising the budget so they can tell people what they can do. actually doing something. Or, you know, just even, you know, go crazy and fund the school. You know... <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? You know, this is this is the part. This is the part. And there's someone running for mayor, and I'm not gonna say his name. And sorry, you can't say his name either. Names. But they always they, saying me. They call me out. Like she, I'm just obstinate. Like I've suffered from obstinate disorder. You know how these West Side kids are. They just bad. But they let the bridge they me, but said, I'm originally from Cabrini Green, USA. Don't get it twisted. All right, though. They said this person said that what has happened in the city is the African American Removal Act. What they but but when we look at how they are underfunding or not funding our basic needs for our children is the African American Removal Act in full effect. But even before he who must not be named even mentioned something like that, there was a woman whose name I will mention, the late great Oh, hell, the queen, Marion Stamps, who told me as I was being raised in her house, it's always about the land. Mm-hmm. It's always about the land. It's ever, it ain't ever about anything else but who is going to occupy the land. And so whether we're talking about um, gentrification in Cabrini, which a lot of people don't realize before they even gentrify Cabrini. They gentrified um, Lincoln Park. And before they gentrified Lincoln Park, they actually gentrified the uh, Gold Coast because State Street and that whole Gold Coast used to be Skid Row. Now, I know a lot of y'all don't remember that. I don't I don't. A lot of people don't that. remember that because y'all, y'all some youngins. But uh, <laughs> when I was coming up, because I'm a woman of a certain age, when you would go on State Street, that was Skid Row. State and Chicago Avenue was Skid Row. And so all downstate, you can see, you know, the last people who was on their last hope of life. Even if you look at old pictures of downtown Chicago, when I was coming up as a child in downtown Chicago, the movie theaters, all of those theaters, which are now like where you see plays, were movie theaters. So they went from being theater houses to movie theaters and now back to theater houses. But in those 70s and early 80s, they were all like ratty, yuckety-yuck, terrible. And so it was Harold Washington who initially put in the whole idea of TIF money in the first areas to get that money was downtown, right? But on State Street, the commi- it used to be Puerto Ricans. Mm-hmm. So Puerto Ricans got moved to Lincoln Park. Then they got moved out of Lincoln Park to Humboldt Park. And now they didn't get moved out of Humboldt Park to God knows where. To the 30th Ward. I mean, <laughs> there are now more people who claim some Latin heritage in the 30th Ward, which is further up north than any place else. But even though the historic home is Humboldt Park of the Puerto Rican community, the same thing is happening to the Mexican population in Pilsen. Mm-hmm. The same thing is ha- happening to black folks in Woodlawn. The same thing is happening to black folks in Lawndale, in Austin, in South Shore. You cannot tell me or convince me or even convict my spirit. Not conviction of the spirit. Conviction of the spirit. On this good Sunday morning. morning, (laughs) That this is not part of the plan. If you defund our schools... Well, let's go if back. you defund our <clears throat> parks and our kids have all the idle time in the world because you at work and then you tell us your how second job. bad these you on your second job because you got to afford eggs. Let's let's keep it and lettuce. 
you are on. <laughs> you. They keep telling us that these communities are bad when most crimes in the city of Chicago have been in six percent in the of the city. Six percent. Six percent of the city is causing all of the havoc in the city. But you said something very key. And again, I have to pay homage to the queen. You said um, the intentionality behind what we're seeing. And before we knew about all these other plans, there was a plan that was created and crafted by Daily, Daddy Daily, called the Chicago 21 plan. The Chicago 21 plan called for the uh, end of all public housing by the 21st century. Daily's son lived to fulfill that promise. If you all remember, before we got into the 2000s, that's when all of the public housing that used to line up and down straight street going south was destroyed and then finally and like maybe the early 2000s i think the last building for cabrini green went down in like 2011 but from 1995 to 2011 they started dismantling public housing public housing was a solid voting block for black people it was also that voting block <clears throat> where marion stamps and dorothy tillman and regina glover stewart and many other women um activated that voting base with single black women. So when we talk about black women being able to deliver, the black women is like the most steady voting block of voters. I know that to be true because what got here at Washington over the hump was the deliberate and intentional organizing of women in housing projects, right, to turn out for Harold, which um, they did basically like woman to woman, member to member, door knocking, canvassing to turn that vote out. Now, when you dismantle all of that, you dismantle entire voting block, tens of thousands of people. Right. That's strewn all over the city. Then the other thing that was going on during that time was there was real pressure on CHA for replacement housing once they started dismantling public housing. That has never been replaced. So when we talk about all of the, the housing crisis and the homelessness and, and, and the whole housing insecure, all the ways in which we say somebody ain't got no place to live permanently. That is also connected to the dismantling of public housing. And now we're having these conversations about affordable housing, which I want to say <clears throat> is a little bit dangerous because it's easy to banter around the term affordable housing, but affordable to whom? So what I'm saying is that this city has been on that removal act since the early 70s. So, <clears throat> yes. This city has been on this removal act. And when we talk about shout out to the 20th Ward and the 5th Ward who is going through this very heavy right now. When we talk about affordable housing, the difference is between 30 percent AMI average market rate. Um, and she dropped these terms. That's how you know she's very well studied. At 80 percent on Candace. Yeah. 30 percent is bare bones. 80 mm-hmm. percent is a first year teacher. 80 percent AMI is a first year teacher. It's a third year bus driver. It's a bus driver and his wife that's still making it through. The wife is still making making it through college. It's the graphic. It real, girl. It's Make a it graphic real. designer and their partner who's just starting their business. 
Now, they might be six and seven and eight figures five years from now. But by saying we don't want any affordable housing, not 30 percent, not 50 percent AMI, we don't want the people that's coming up, that's going to have the babies to grow our community. Because guess what? And I'm only talking to black people right now. (laughs) Black Chicago, every predominantly black community in Chicago is an aging community. Yep. Look, she got her eyes closed when she said that, y'all. That's how deeply she felt that thing. I do. I know. It is an aging community because of the script that we've been run as black people to not reproduce. Well, I don't even think that. It's It's the script that that we've been ran that our communities are terrible. That there are no jobs in Chicago. That there are no benefits in Chicago and you need to get out of here because the schools are bad, the parks are bad, everything is bad and you need to go and a crime is happening in 6% of our city. And, and, And then when you go... They close the gate, and then you can't get back in. Then you can't get back in. <laughs> so just we, so y'all know, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going because nowhere. They, you know, look, they let the bridge up for me on the west side. I went from being in Section 8 housing the majority of my life, from the projects to Section 8, to my own apartment, to a homeowner. That's right. So let me tell you something. Hey, I, I, okay, I was about to belt out a, a note, but I okay, can feel it please. coming out wrong okay. in my throat. But I was really feeling it, and I'm telling you, I ain't going Nowhere. So on the line, that's we, how I feel about Chicago. You gonna love me? You gonna love me? Yes, that's so appropriate right like now because I be feeling like walking around in the world. I promise you, I be feeling like black people versus everybody. So I be feeling like that. So on the live line, we have with us a double whammy. I I think he's more like a quadruple threat. I have the privilege of calling this person brother. But um, Desmond Gancy, who is running for Fifth Ward Alderman, was at at the table with crafting the ECPS legislation. And I know ECPS is. And I know a lot of people are confused about this new layer government we have and these people that we'll be voting for on the ballot. So, Desmond, can you please help us out? I sure can. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Desmond. How art thou? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, Desmond, just jump right in. Jump Please right jump in because right we, I got a lot. We got a lot to talk about as usual. But really, so what is ECPS? What is this thing, and what will they be able to do just to start? Yeah, so ECPS is the Empowered Communities and Public Safety Coalition. Um, that was that is an amalgamation of two coalitions who have been doing amazing work. He threw an amalgamation on y'all this early in the morning. Okay, I'm gonna behave. Let him all finish. Right, all right. And you know the reason why the reason why police accountability is necessary is probably a conversation I need for this group here. But what we set out to do is create a two tier system of accountability that allows for um, democracy to work through elected positions and for our government to work uh, through an appointed commission. So the commission itself is a seven-member commission that will be able to affect police policy and uh, hold police accountable by uh, working outside the police department instead of inside. We're not cops policing cops. We are civilians who have been affected by the policing problem here in Chicago. Desmond, I want you to stop. I want you to stop real quick. Go back. So, 
So this group of seven is not police policing police. You said they are regular individuals, correct? They are, yeah. They have to be elected, yeah. right? Hey. No, 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 not on the commission. I'm going to not on the commission. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, help me out then. Because commissions in the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago, or okay. commissions in the city of Chicago, have to be appointed by the mayor. But mm-hmm. we have tricks for it, right? And the trick is, we have to make sure that there's representation from both the north, from the north, south, and west side, right? Because we want to make sure that these conversations are happening in the right places. Uh, there's space on the commission for community organizers who have a background in working against working against police brutality and other social justice issues, and we have space for young people. Because as you know, young people are more likely to be affected, not just by bad police, but also by the laws that we create. And so we wanted to make sure that folks that were in this conversation weren't mayoral appointees in a traditional sense, but really vetted by the community and presented, and she gets to pick the our people. Now, the elected piece, this is the piece that I'm actually the most excited about. Uh, there are 22 police districts in the city of Chicago, and as you know, um, that is kind of where the the center of policing happens in most of our neighborhoods. The, so we have created a council um, that allows for three people to be elected in each police, each police district whose sole responsibility is community engagement around policing. But too often, we expect the CAPS department to, be, to play that role, but it's way more than separate sets and barbecues. We need to do a whole lot more than that. And you know, for an example, uh, Tyra, I was doing some work on the West Side about, at this point, about 11 years ago. And uh, <coughs> me, uh, three seniors and women, and we're walking past, you know, a group of high school boys in uniform, khaki, Tim's, leaving school. And a police car starts driving by, and you hear on the megaphone the theme from the monkeys. Um, mm. Candace, you may not be old enough to remember that show. Tara, unfortunately, me and you are. (laughs) (laughs) That made everybody stop, right? These black women who are from the South, migrated from Jim Crow South, you know, 40 years prior, 50 years prior, just stopped in their tracks. These 15 and 16-year-old boys stopped in their tracks, right? And then the cop car just went on its way. That conversation about that wouldn't happen at a CAPS meeting, Mm -hmm. right? These kids aren't going to a CAPS meeting to say this is an issue. And so when we... So in the district councils, there'll be opportunities not just for um, people to talk about these sorts of things, but a 15-member advisory panel that allows for undocumented people, formerly incarcerated people, people from the streets, right, who typically won't be involved in policing issues because the police are involved. Now we can resolve police issues by having the community be involved through the district councils, building the bridge towards the police department and letting them know that, you know, status quo isn't good enough anymore. We need much better in our community. So, uh, quickly, using that same scenario, how would that have played out differently um, with the with the district council had that been proposed? Like, I want to just know... <clears throat> wait a minute, wait a minute, Tara. We got to take a quick break. Oh, okay. We'll come back with that question in one minute. But we got to take a I quick break. You. I'm sorry. <laughs> your question because we gotta we gotta talk about like so much stuff i know we got a lot so look check it out all i wanted to know uh brother yancey is given that same illustration you gave about the police and the and the monkey calling 
How would that play out differently with district councils? How does that how does that then become a real thing to address with the police? Yanzi? Community. It won't be happening. Can you hear me? Okay, now, now we can. can. Now? <laughs> All right, yeah. cool. So the district councils are going to be having regular monthly meetings. And so in this scenario, kids and their parents go to the district council and raise a concern. And in, in this concern, investigating this concern, they find out this is a pattern, right? That this is a cop who antagonizes black children, um, you know, just uses the power of his office to intimidate and has a history of doing racist stuff. And then you find out that, oh, there are other police officers who are similarly behaving. Then they give us an opportunity to talk about removing police from schools, talk about at least at bare minimum reassigning these officers so that our kids can be safe in their schools. And then if we begin to have a bigger conversation through the commission about other communities that are having similar issues. And so when we talk about these LSC votes to get uh, cops out of schools, this can become a much bigger issue that can be handled at the top and instead of having to deal with this piecemeal. So this is why I like the district councils. Again, it just allows people who have real concerns about the state of policing and public safety today to go in and have uh, conversations that uh, include them and make sure that their thoughts and their concerns are valued and then move directly towards remedy. So doesn't I have a question, right? So we all have been aware, uh, made aware of the situation in Memphis right now. I'm praying for all of my Memphis family, all of my brothers and sisters in Memphis. Um, but with this Scorpion unit that killed Tyree Nichols in Memphis, how will that be different with these district level councils? How would if if it was a Chicago situation, how would that be different with these district level councils? It's been brought to light that the Scorpion unit had a number of complaints against them. So how will how will that be different with these district councils? So I think that change would be more connected to the commission and the commission powers to direct policy, you know, over the objections of the police department. Now, let me stop for a minute. You know, there's some police officers on this that are listening. It's not about imposing will, right? It's about coming together to create a system of public safety where we all feel safe. Mm-hmm. These specialized units whose job is, you know, sort of broken windows policing, right? To pull over people, minor infractions with the hope of catching, you know, a major player or some, someone who's doing significant harm in our community is ridiculous because what happens, whether it's Rampart in LA, um, there's a specialized unit whose name I can't remember here in Chicago, uh, about 20 years ago. You know, we call them jump out boys, but mm-hmm. yeah. they, they terrorize our communities. And then, you know, if we're not making complaints or complaints aren't sustained through the police accountability process, then our communities are, you know, at risk, not just from criminal elements, but from the police who are supposed to serve and protect. And so at the the commission level, they can move the police in a direction that says, you know, here's statistics that say this unit is terrible, right? We have this many complaints against them. Um, Here's some documented stuff. This, we need to disband it, and it allows this, this heavy, right, to be able to impose will on the police department so that we can build, again, this public safety system that we deserve. The district councils might be the place where complaints initiate, but the, the commission is where, you know, the power, the power to affect lays. And so it's a 2 strong approach to make sure that we're safe in our city. 
Okay. So I have a twofold question for you. Now, you are running for Fifth War Alder person, right? What made, did this work on the research and the data and the writing of this make you want to run for office? And the second part of that is an electoral question. What should we be looking for in these candidates um, when we are looking at them uh, who are running for these ECPS district councils? Mm. Sure. Yeah, in the second part, it's easy. The same thing we should be looking for all our elected officials, correct? Folks mm-hmm. who are doing the work, folks who have put the time in, people who understand our issues, aren't talking down with us, but are meeting with us to provide solutions. Uh, you know, and I'm going to say young people, <laughs> because, again, those are the folks who have been missing from this entire conversation about politics. You know, in the Fifth Ward, which is one of the higher voting wards, which is where I'm running, uh, in the last Three elections, there's been an average of around 12,000 people who vote. Roughly 80% of those are over 50, and roughly 80% of those are over 60. Mm. So this is a way to get young people involved. And, you know, being at the ECPS event last Sunday gave me hope. There's an 18 year old who's running for district council. Nice. Uh, nice. Great. Like, this is the kind of stuff that we need. This is it. Now, the reason why I'm running, um, it wasn't so much the data, but it's the anecdotal conversations that I've had with people over the last six years about what's wrong, not just with policing, but with the city. And as I went through this process to build a coalition that, you know, we started with 13 members, lost a few, and then, you know, pandemic, and then George Floyd, and then Lori Lightfoot Lyon, uh, we joined with another coalition, the Chicago Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression, which is working on this issue. You know, for 10, no, not 10 years, for over Christ's lifetime, for about 40, 50 years at this point. And, um, you know, we came together and through that process of really lobbying elected officials, lobbying our aldermen, we got 36 votes in the Lori Lightfoot City Council. So that was amazing. But what it took to get there, it was clear that our, many of our aldermen, you don't have their finger on their communities. At all. Too busy. Yeah, too busy trying to be beholden to the mayor. Status quo again. We've got seventy. Well, even the status quo, like mm-hmm. the mayor is mm-hmm. relevant. We're talking about folks like Burke or Posado, right? And we attempted to meet with everyone. We weren't able to, which is another part of this issue, right? If we want to have a real conversation about what's needed in the city, as long as you know those folks are saying everything is fine, I love the city, I love the police, I love you know the system as it is. When you come south of Roosevelt, you see it's a whole different world. Sure. Folks are frustrated and set up. And while I'm on the doors, this is what I'm hearing. It is time for new leadership in our council. And I'll add one more thing. Right, We've got 15 open seats in council right now. Uh, <laughs> another, I don't know, 10 tough races. You know, add to the two or three that were appointed last year. This council is going to be almost brand new which means it's going to be a mess, right? Whoever's mayor, I hope it's my dear brother Brandon, that's who I'm rooting for. Brandon's going to have a, a, a problem trying to wrangle folks and people are going to be jockeying for position. That's not what I do. I organize the power. And so I'm interested in working with new colleagues in the 4th and 6th Ward uh, and across the city to make sure that what we're building is a city for all of us and not for the rich folks. Awesome. Now, I'm going to take a personal piece of liberty here. Okay, Desmond Yancey is literally the reason why I work in Chicago politics. Shush. 
There is no other reason why I work in Chicago politics. Desmond introduced me to United Working Families. Desmond worked in me, with me at SEIU Local 1, and he saw something in me that pulled me along into Chicago politics. So, one, not only is this somebody who did the work on making sure that our police in our city are accountable and personal <laughs> privilege, this is a son of an officer. So, mm. he knows more than your average person knows but this is also the person that makes it plausible right for a person like me to work in Chicago politics and there's a generation that is coming up behind me but there's a lot of people that I sit with at the level I sit with them with that would not be possible without a Desmond Yancey first so if you live shout out to Desmond Yancey if you live in the fifth ward (laughs) he is your only choice on the ballot and I can say that because every single one of our sponsors has has endorsed Chicago Federation of Labor SEIU Healthcare which is his home. Um, Chicago Chicago Teachers Teachers Union, Chicago Teachers Union Foundation, uh, Chicago Teachers Union 1600, and Friends of Brandon Johnson. Desmond, we're about to talk to one of these candidates that is running for district council. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much. Oh, thank y'all so much. And Candace, don't play yourself short. You know, it was it was your interest in moving into politics, right? And it was those conversations we had at work, at the bar, on the phone. That's right. That um that made it possible for me to say, All right, let me move my sister. Let me introduce her to some people so that she can, you know, find her her lane. Um and there are so many others like that and I'm just grateful to be able to create space for people that, you know, that are interested in changing the city. You know, it's tough being a trailblazer, Candace, you know I that pops from hell. Trying to build build a safe build power. Black mm. everywhere. But, you know, if this that's if that's if that's the pain, you know, it's it's all good right now because it's the major folks like you and, you know, other too many folks to name. Um but also shout out to Tyra because Tyra ain't no joke and I'm just grateful to be a new Oh, thank you so much. And I love the whole idea because my whole thing is like, who got next, right? How mm-hmm. are we um, identifying the seed, sowing the seed, watering the seed, and nurturing the seed so that when we leave this space, we can pass this baton to people who are justice-minded uh, young people who believe that they have space and deserve space on the land. Like, that's my whole whole piece, um, not only as an educator, but just being in the community is like, who got next? We'll talk to you soon, Desmond. Thank you. And love y'all. Love you so <laughs> We definitely will. Or go to Desmond for Five at Instagram on uh, at Instagram, Facebook. Um, also, we have somebody running for district council on the line. We do. Do we have Erwayra on the line? <laughs> Yes, I am on the line. Look, sis, I was so I was glad. trying to make sure that I pronounced that correctly. You know, Crystal. That was correct. Yeah. See, was thank correct. you. And can you <laughs> offer up your last name? Because you you know like you like sharing this piece. We just be like, it's a yeah, real one. So, yeah. So my my ballot will say Karen Winters, but you know in the community around the work, I I am a Raywa. Um. So yeah, a Raywa Karen Winters. So how did you get involved in this piece? Um, this new level, and I like the way that Candace described it, this, little ne- this new level 
of government. <laughs> I like that too. I, you know, I just been framing it as the people's movement, but I do like the new level of government. Um, it, it started for me really in 2016 um, because my nephew was shot and killed by police in the North Mondale community. And I mean, that, that next day I became an activist and, you know, by, by the time we left the hospital, I'm like, oh, you know, like, no, we're going we to get on this situation right away. The next morning we, we didn't connect with an attorney and, you know, we went to work every day from that point on to not let, you know, the Chicago Police Department get away with publicly executing my nephew. And so um, that, that is how I came to know a lot of the organizations that were working around police reform, oversight, accountability, defund, abolishment. I mean, I just came in contact with so many organizations, and so that is what sparked, you know, my work. Um, and two of the organizations that, you know, I was uh, uh, connected to was both the organiz- the leading organizations that were working around, you know, the, the, the peace. And so that was CPAC, Civilian uh, Police Accountability Council, as well as GAPA, the Grassroots Alliance uh, for Police Accountability. And, and I just want to say, lift up, that if I was in, you know, the Fifth Ward, I would be seeing Desmond Yancey. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that is how I came to be a part of this work and um, being around, you know, Bob Frank Chapman, who was like the father of the movement. You know, he actually was encouraging me to run for the interim commission, you know, which I did. But because of the work, I'm also part of the Chicago Consent Decree Coalition. And um, because of the work that, you know, I, I'm doing with that piece, uh, you know, we're not very well liked in, uh, you know, our, this current administration. Um, they see us as their adversaries instead of seeing us um, as good allies. Uh, so uh, that's because they got something to hide. <laughs> that 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 whole piece fell through, and so then I, I said, "Well, if I didn't make the interim commission, I had already aligned myself with wanting to run for a district council position." Um, and so that's how I, I, I ended up in in this space. Well, like so, you know, I most times, and this really has become like my whole little piece. One day when I get real, real grown, I'm have my own podcast that says politics is personal, and certainly um, you moving into this space was a personal decision. You was motivated by a personal tragedy that got you into this political sphere. And, and I don't think that's different from a lot of us, right? We just, these injustices continue to hit closer and closer to home and they provoke you to action and my condolences that it had to be such a tragedy and the loss of your your uh, nephew that that brought you into this space, but I believe that um, your passion will allow you to do amazing work. Now, um, Brother Yancey was explaining he was one of the crafters of this ECPS, and now you are running. What can a regular or what do ev- regular everyday voters in your area a need to know about you, this process, and what they may see on the ballot? Uh, well, what they need to know about me, and I'm saying this, and, I, and this is not me being arrogant, but I'm one of the strongest candidates running in the 15th district, probably one of the strongest candidates running in the city. And that's because of of the track that I've been on. That's because of, it's almost like I've been primed for this. It's like, you know, some people are coming in with a single lens view. I'm coming in with a panoramic view. And so, you know, it, it is. It is paramount that I have a seat, you know, because because of the work that I've been doing with the coalition, because I see the resistance that we're getting from the city and the police department. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm well versed. I'm qualified for this. 
and and the work that I've done thus far has really quantified me to do this work. I deserve to represent my community because because of the work that I've been doing. If there is an organization in this city that has been on the forefront of policing, reform, oversight, I'm connected to them in some shape, form, or fashion. If they're not in my phone, they are such a way from me. And so I have that that network to pull from as we do this work because it's going to be a heavy lift. Uh, you know, we, we have some people who are vying for other political spaces, so they're going to use this as a platform. And that's okay, but mm-hmm. that is not my motive. That is not my motivation. We have some people running who are police enthusiasts, and that's okay. But that's not what this work is about. This work is truly about holding our police accountable. And how are we going to do that? How are we going to listen to our community voices to say, how do we want them showing up in our communities? What are they doing when they show up in our communities? And then what is our response is going to be? This is about community control. And well, sometimes people don't like the word control. So I'm going to say this is truly about community oversight. And then how do we apply? Where does the accountability come in? Where are we going to be holding them accountable? And so it's like I've been in the rooms, I've been at the tables, and I see how they operate when they move around. And I just believe in my heart that I'm equipped. One, because of what happens to my nephew, but two, because of what I've been seeing historically happen to our people, and not just in Chicago, but throughout this country. Sure. You know, we understand, if we understand the, the history of policing, it came out of slave patrols. So meaning that and I, and I say this, you can't mm-hmm. change a thing from its core. At the core of policing... Correct. Uh, Sister Arreira, also Karen Winters on the ballot. Give me a moment, because like you had hit a stride that was getting gooder and gooder. But I believe uh, I'm being alerted to take a quick break. We got to take a pause for the okay. calls, uh, and okay. we'll be right back. All right. Thank you. Y'all hear that slick beat coming in? All right, so we're back. But we got a limited amount of time, Mama Tara Stamps. So, I'm going to say your name wrong. How do you pronounce it again? Arewa. Arewa. But on the ballot, is Karen Winters. Karen on the ballot, is yeah. Karen Winters. So, Karen, I'm going to put my Arewa, because that's your preferred name. I'm going to put my campaign manager hat. On. <laughs> okay. okay. Where can we find you at? What district are you running in? And what is your name on the ballot and punch number again? Go. Yes. So I'm running in the 15th district, which is on the greater west side. Um, and let me see. My punch number is 72. And where you can find me. So I'm, I'm, my, my website should be up today. And that that's going to be Karen for 15. Um, and um, I see I'm, I'm trying, I'm still trying what's to get your socials. Girl, what's your social handles, girl? I, I, I'm off. I don't even know, girl. I ain't going to lie to you. And that's that, that, that's me working at a deficit. Uh, I'm trying to get my daughter to help me, you know, get an Instagram <laughs> and all those things set up. <laughs> Sound like me. But yeah. Right, right, right now. Yeah. So as of uh, yesterday, we just had to. Do something, but Karen for fifteen 
should be up today. Or my email, which is Arewa, A-R-E-W-A underscore Neo at Yahoo.com. But yeah, I'm about to, you know, spend a whole, every day of February, like really getting myself out there. Because, you know, a lot of us are not full-time politicians. A lot of us are new coming into this. And so we don't have the support of resources, you know, like some. So, you know, we really work it from scratch, so to speak. So I'm still just trying to figure out the landscape. But February, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself out there as far as, as far as I possibly can and as hard as I possibly can because I definitely want to, you know, win one of the seats in my district. Well, thank you, Arewa. Thank you so much and for coming. And Karen me. on the ballot in the 15th district will definitely 72. punch 72. We'll definitely be looking out for you and get them socials up, girl. Get them socials I'm, up. I'm, I'm working on them. That's all. Girl, you better go borrow one of them young people. And we got some people on the live line, so we all got to pay them online too. Hey, Pam. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, well, enjoying the show and the information, uh, let me just say for the uh, police district council, I hope they deal with real issues regarding uh, law enforcement and not only the racism that permeates uh, throughout and the abuse, but then also the self-hatred. Uh, mm. I'm just going to quickly uh, talk about the DOJ hearings that occurred in Chicago. I participated, and I talked about the hate of white people, the racism, but I also talked about those who look like us, who practice that self-hatred and that same physical and verbal abuse that they put on, uh, uh, that, that, that white officers and other officers put on black people. That can be the culture, and those who have something, uh, the self-hatred, that also permeates throughout uh, at the streets of Chicago. So I hope the district council deals with the lie about training and what training actually does and that implicit bias crap. We need to get rid of the law enforcement uh, officers that are racist. And that needs to be done through the pre-employment process as well as at this point, I want vetting and polygraph tests, just like the FBI agents get. You have a lot of these officers a part of the Oath Keepers. Let's deal with the hatred. Lastly, I'm going to say on the mayoral race, if I may, for disclosure, I'm supporting Commissioner Brandon Johnson. And here's why. I think he's of the people. I feel he's trustworthy. And I believe he will be an executive leader on the fifth floor that will protect us from the MAGA supporters and those conservative Republicans who want to infiltrate City Hall. But he will bring services meaningful services to working class, poor, uh, barely middle class people. And I think that he will execute that by making sure that he has people who run the department heads who care about us. So all these other uh, candidates that are playing games, are we really going to take Valor seriously? He talks about coming from a family of uh, law enforcement agents. Well, I need to know then are they rogue officers? See, that's important to me. Uh, Jamal Green, with all due respect to his uh, organization, he played this game when he ran against Rahm Emanuel. And when he got out, I think he was awarded some kind of center, and then certain people funded money. And that's not to be disparaging. That's to say we cannot play games with these black candidates. The aldermen who are running, seriously, you didn't run against Rahm Emanuel, but you see fit to try to run now. Uh, for me, the only viable option 
is Brandon Johnson. Miss Pam, we got to get out of here. Miss Pam, we got to get out of here. Thank you so Thank much, Miss Pam. Thank you so much for that. Lucretia on line one. That whole piece just gave me life. I'm just saying. Go ahead, Miss Lucretia. Yes. yes. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, so hey, I'm hey. Calling in one. <laughs> I'm calling in to support Miss um, Arewa, Karen Winters. Um, me and her, we have been in few spaces together, including um, the grassroots alliance for police accountability space and the larger empowering communities for public safety coalition, um, also known as ECPS. The ECPS coalition fought for the, the the new policy which created these district councils, police district councils that we are seeing around the city. And I I have known Arewa for like a year or two now, and I have seen her being very active in the community behind the scenes. Um, when, when the cameras aren't watching, she has picking a fine tooth comb through police policy. Um, she was very involved in the consent decree process and still holding them accountable. And I just want people to know that she does this work for real. I know she talked about, you know, the loss of her nephew and that being the thing that pushed her into this work. But she is very committed and, and she does a lot of things behind the scenes. Um, also, um, I think people can go to ECPS. Um, Chicago.com to see like a list of all the district council candidates. Thank you for that. Um, Thank you for that. Can you say that one yeah. more time, please? Hello. Before I say it, oh. I want to make sure it's the right one. Um, but if you, if you, yeah, I was saying ECPSChicago.com. Um, it's the website for the coalition, again, that fought for the policy that created the district councils, and they have been trying to um, aggregate all the information about the people who are running in one place. So I think that is it. But if not, go to ECPS Chicago on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. You may be able to find some information on there. Thank, Thank you, you, Lucretia. So Thank you so much. So, real quick, before we... Before we get out of here, we got four <laughs> minutes till we get out of here, Tara. Four minutes, y'all. So, real quick, one, early voting at the super sites have started downtown. They have. If you are not aware of who is running in your area or what area you are, area you in, are because in. Because they did have a, a remapping, so people need to know. You should Google Chicago Board of Elections and go there and look. Every candidate is on the ballot. Secondly, if you are a senior, you can't get out your house. You don't want to get out your house. It is too not. It is still not too late to request a mail-in ballot. How you request a mail-in ballot? Because I actually need one for my uncle. You can do it on a Chicago Chicago Board of Elections website. Chicago Board of Elections. So, so look, this election is critical. We say this every election cycle, right? But this is majorly critical because it shows the direction our city is going in and what we have to do to get on the right track. There has never in my lifetime been a time where 15 automatic seats are up at the same time. We have Never in the history of Chicago. We have a chance to remake what our city council looks like and reimagine progressive politics in the city of Chicago for a generation. Secondly, in the mayor's race, y'all y'all already know who I'm going for. If you don't find me on C Nicole, and if you don't IG, know. 
Now you know. It becomes very obvious, but we also have a way to remake the mayor's office, and it doesn't have to be a place of less. We we live in the land of we can plenty, make it and we can make it better. Not just better for a certain group of people, better not for just the many. better for a few people, but better for the many. So look up the district council races. Look up your automatic races and pay attention to this mayor's race. There's a forum today at Trinity United Church of Christ that is not a sponsor of the show. Black and unapologetically Christian. And there's a spot and there will be a sponsor on there will be WGN is tomorrow night. There will be another candidate's forum. A televised debate. Televised forum on say that again. WGN. WGN. Pay attention y'all. We got too much at stake. And if the Lord says the same, see you next Sunday. See you next Sunday.